Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Some weather expected to come in overnight. We'll see how that affects our local sports schedule. But boy, there's plenty of stuff going on right now. We had a high school boys game last night. Silver Creek beat Madison. All sorts of girls sectional action last night as well. Tonight, there's basically a full slate of boys games as long as nothing changes in the weather forecast. And some pretty good ones as well. That's we can chat about today also. And, uh, of course, coming up this weekend, a full weekend of high school basketball. And finally, after a seven-day break, IU will get back at it on Saturday when they take on Illinois at home. Also, some good news today for IU football. After I mentioned that Coach McCullough was headed to Notre Dame yesterday, one of the key IU assistants uh, has taken the same role or a similar role at Notre Dame. There is some good news, though, for IU football that we'll cover here coming up in just a bit. Uh, lots going on, busy time of year, weather, COVID, uh, lots of things being moved around. But boy, this is a busy, busy week of sports here, especially on a local perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we'll have our daily headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news coming up here in just a few moments. Also, later in the hour, it's Wednesday, so we'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times for the latest on IU basketball, and we'll get into some football stuff briefly with Dustin today as well, but a midweek look at the Hoosiers in this off week and an early look at the IU-Illinois game with how Indiana has been playing Uh, what they've been getting from their bench, and of course Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, and and even from Xavier Johnson now. Uh, I think this is, especially at home, a very winnable game, uh, even though big Kofi Coburn and Illinois are coming to Bloomington on Saturday. So we'll we'll preview that with Dustin. We'll get into IU football also. And then later in the hour, Josh Cook is out today, so Justin Soakland, who authors a website about Bedford-North Lawrence Athletics, He's been at the 4A sectional at Jeffersonville. Uh, Bedford had a little bit of a scare last night, so kudos to Missy Voyles and her Lady Red Devils. They had Bedford down at half and actually extended their lead midway through the third period, I believe, as much as eight points last night before Bedford, who's the favorite not only to win the sectional but to go deep in the girls' tournament before Bedford came back and and eventually won the ball game. So it wasn't a win. It's a season-ending loss for Jeff. But they played good basketball when when it counted the most, and so hats off to Jeff, the girls' program, for that. But we'll talk a little bit about uh, the girls' uh, sectional tonight. Uh, Also, uh, Bedford happens to host Floyd Central tonight, and if the Highlanders can win 
on the road. It's a varsity only contest. Uh, they will take uh, on, or they will win the Hoosier Hills Conference uh, Championship, which we'll discuss here in just a moment as well. So a big night for Floyd Central boys basketball. They really have been dominant as far as Hoosier Hills Conference Championships go in recent seasons, and we'll cover that for you here in just a moment. Some interesting things on that. Also, uh, plenty to talk about with Justin, so we'll cover all the local basketball stuff with him in our final segment today, brought to you by Major League Shirt Company, uh, and uh, that and more today here on the program. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. We love to get your questions and comments and input and things you want to talk about. Maybe you've got a question for one of our guests today, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. You can get your phone out, send us a text message, give us your opinion, your question, whatever it may be. And you can also download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel Every day. All right, let's get into some headlines for this Wednesday, February 2nd, and we'll start with girls' sectional action last night at Jeffersonville. Uh, the Bulldogs and the Red Devils, the two local teams in action last night, were defeated. Seymour beat uh, New Albany 59-47 in the first game at Jeffersonville, and then it was Bedford-North Lawrence in a very competitive game. They uh, came back and won. 51-42 over Jeffersonville. Again, Jeff was ahead at half and ahead midway through the third period as well. And then Bedford able to come back, overtake the Red Devils in the uh, final uh, portion of the game, the final portion of the third quarter, and then, of course, go on for the win in the fourth quarter. That sets up the semifinals on Friday, and all this is going to be weather pending that we talk about based on the forecast that's expected to hit us overnight with some ice turning into sleet and snow. But Friday's schedule is now Jennings County against Seymour and then Floyd Central, who's just 9-13 and 13 on the season, but they've been playing some really good basketball here in the last three or so weeks. They will take on Bedford North Lawrence on Friday. So the Devils couldn't get it done, although they were competitive. We'll see Friday night if the Lady Highlanders maybe could upset Bedford North Lawrence and the expected championship game there is teams not from our local coverage area, Jennings County and, and Bedford. That should be a whale of a championship game if it works out to be that coming up uh, on Friday night. Also, last night, Silver Creek, a big winner, easy over Madison. Of course, the best player for Madison, Caden Oliver, did not play. He was on the bench for the game last night. He's expected to join the uh, Dragons on the court very soon. But Brandon Northern had a huge night. He didn't even 30-plus points. He didn't even play uh, a great portion of the fourth period of, of the game. And Silver Creek coasted to a victory after three losses. This Silver Creek team still playing a really, really tough schedule. Uh, but they get back, <clears throat> excuse me, get back in the win column last night with a victory over Madison. Also, some boys games tonight. A really good slate of boys games here on this Wednesday. Let's hope that the weather doesn't bump up any earlier and that a lot of these games can be played. Floyd Central is at Bedford North Lawrence tonight. It's a 6:30 varsity only game. And how about this? Floyd Central has won the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship three of the last four years. And if they can win tonight. 
I think it's safe to say that they have been a dominant team. They already have been in the Hoosier Hills Conference. If they can win tonight and get at least a share of the conference this season, they'll have a chance to win it outright potentially a little bit later in the year if they win tonight. But uh, that is just remarkable, the turnaround that Todd Sturgeon has staged at Floyd Central. This was a team that was a bottom dweller in the Hoosier Hills Conference really since the departure of Joe Hinton in the mid to late 90s. But things have sure changed in Floyd's knobs and the Highlanders playing a uh, different style of basketball and uh, have been really competitive in the Hoosier Hills Conference, including uh, three of the last four years, claiming at least a share of the championship. And uh, they've got a chance to do so tonight against a solid Bedford North Lawrence team on the road. There's some really good games tonight. New Albany plays at Jennings County. So you've got some Hoosier Hills Conference games to start the schedule. I think that New Albany and Jennings game will be very competitive as well. Jeffersonville had a late addition. They actually play at Rock Creek tonight. So they'll go just up the road to Sellersburg uh, for a game against the Lions. Eastern Pekin at Henryville tonight. South Central is at Crothersville. Crawford County goes to West Washington. Clarksville will host Switzerland County. Again, a lot of these games were scheduled for Thursday night, but with weather moving in, ADs have gotten together and things have been bumped up a little earlier in the week, so hopefully they can get these games in. The real question mark is from a schedule perspective is going to be what happens on Friday and Saturday with girls' sectionals. If they're unable to play the semifinals on Friday night, are they able to play Saturday morning, and do they do a regional-style semifinal Saturday morning championship game Saturday evening or do they bump the semifinals back to Saturday night then move the championship games to Monday going to be really interesting to see what happens and what the weather does let's hope that uh, we get a light dose of ice that's the that's the killer there the ice that you don't want to see and I think we uh, are called for in the forecast the last I saw maybe up to a quarter inch of ice. So that is not good. That is definitely concerning. It's not the snow and the sleet necessarily, but more so the ice, I think, that moves through the air, that could move through the area that's got people concerned about getting games in uh, this weekend. Also, tonight, so much high school basketball. Tonight there are a few uh, girls' sectional games uh, in some of the seven-teamers. Silver Creek will play Scottsburg at North Harrison tonight. And Scottsburg has had a uh, quality season. The Dragons will be the big favorite uh, in that matchup. They cruised over uh, Scottsburg in the regular season by a final score of 72-50. And then North Harrison at that same sectional, they will take on Madison. So two Wednesday night games over at North Harrison if you want to check out some girls' basketball tonight. It's National Signing Day. Uh, This is the second signing day uh, for college football, basically Wednesday, February 2nd. So you'll see a lot of commitments. I'm not sure how active Indiana is expected to be. They were able to get lots of their guys signed at the uh, uh, signing day, signing week that exists a little bit earlier in 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 the year, actually last year. And good news for IU football. This probably is the lead story today with Coach McCullough leaving, uh, that's Dylan McCullough, with him leaving uh, to uh, go to Notre Dame as a position coach. Uh, we all wondered yesterday on the show, would his sons, Desan and Dave McCullough, would they stay or would they go to Notre Dame with the, their dad? Now, uh, Desan McCullough, uh, 2022 player, uh, is uh, is at IU. And then, of course, Dave McCullough from Bloomington South already taking 
classes, I understand, on the IU campus as well. So I think I've got that backwards. It's Desan that's already there at, at, at IU taking classes early. But uh, Dave McCullough, will he stay with his commitment? So far he has affirmed that he will. Those are very big uh, uh, keeps for Indiana if they can officially keep him in the fold. And we're going to talk more about this with Dustin Dopirik a little bit later because when their dad came to IU from Ohio State, remember initially – uh, he was going to stay with Ohio State. Then later on, he flipped his commitment to IU. So we wonder if that will be the same thing today or this time around, but we will keep a close eye on it. So far, those guys have reaffirmed that they will play for Tom Allen at IU, and that would be a big keep for IU, obviously losing the father. Uh, he was a well-thought-of coach and a big recruiter for this IU program, but uh, obviously keeping the kids around, a very talented family of football players, there's no question about that, would be big for Coach Allen and crew. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Dustin Dopirak of the Daily uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join me all over the place today and we'll talk the latest with IU basketball. We'll get into the McCullough brothers with IU football as well. There's plenty to get to. It's been a slow week for IU basketball, but we're halfway home to a Saturday game at home with Illinois, which is going to be a big one. We'll talk about that as well. Also, Justin Soakland will join later in the hour to recap some of the girls' sectionals and talk some Wednesday night boys' games as well. A very busy show today. Stay with us. Send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. We'll be back in just a jiffy. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Wednesday program. Slow week for IU basketball with the Hoosiers in the middle of a uh, seven-day break from games. They'll come back on Saturday at home, a big one against Illinois, to uh, start what will be a very fast and furious month of February in a race to the close of the Big Ten season and the start of the Big Ten tournament. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times and the Indianapolis Star is my guest today in this segment, as always. Here on Wednesday, and in this slower week for basketball, I want to lead today, Dustin, with some football items. I noted yesterday on the show that Dylan McCullough had been hired away from IU and was going to head to Notre Dame, is going to head to Notre Dame to take a similar coaching job there. The concern immediately became what's going to happen with all three of his kids that are either involved in or committed to the IU put football program, and, and a couple of them are very, very well thought of football players and prospects, but it seems, at least as of now, because college football recruiting is so crazy, I think, compared to basketball, but at least for now, uh, the McCullough brothers are staying in Bloomington at IU. Yeah, I was, and I was more than a little bit surprised that they all decided to affirm that publicly. Um, not, not that I don't think, I think they have anything against Indiana, but obviously, you know, 
the fact that their father was coaching at IU was a big part of the reason they decided to go there in the first place. And I know they do sort of view Bloomington as home because they spent a lot of their formative years there when Dillon uh, was there the first time around. Um, but you know, I, I, I figured Dillon Jr. and Desan would be in awkward positions because they're already in the program. Um, you know, obviously Desan being on campus, he was an early enrollee, but I, I never thought um, Day, I guess, I don't really know how you say his name, um, w- was going to make a decision to say, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to do this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reaffirmed, I'm committed, I'm not even going to consider, you know, what kind of opportunities might be there uh, with my dad going to Notre Dame because he's not committed. I mean, he's not bound by anything. You know, uh, the son is bound. You know, Dylan Jr. is bound to some degree. I mean, they, they can obviously make a decision to transfer. But, like, in the son's case, I mean, I think you have to get a waiver. I mean, like, Indiana would have to let him go. Um, it's not required to do so um, because he's got a national letter of intent. It's a year, uh, basically a year-binding contract. Um, so Indiana would have to decide, okay, you know, this is a reason, this is a worthwhile reason to say that, that you know, you get to go play with your dad. But, um, you know, so for, for them all to decide within a day, like not, not even wait for it to become official, I mean, they, they're basically confirming that he's going. <laughs> you know, I mean, like there's nobody, you know, like no, no one is sort of officially – um, gone out on record and said that this is happening. Obviously, it's been confirmed by a whole lot of, uh, you know, anonymous sources, and, and everybody up Notre Dame's way has confirmed this, so it's not like it's not happening. But those, those guys basically came out publicly and said, yeah, you know, like, you guys are probably already all wondering what we're going to do. You all know Dad's leaving, and we're not going anywhere. And so that's, you know, again, you, you don't a, a lot can change, you know, certainly if, if uh, the son and Dylan Jr. stick around for a year and they're like, you know, you know, I really do want to go play for him. It, it could obviously change. You know, it, I, I, I just want to be on your staff with your dad. He's not that far away. Um, you know, it, it could obviously change. But, uh, you know, again, I, I mean, I, obviously it speaks well for the situation. They were willing to come out and say, uh, you know, we're willing to do this, you know, and that, that we still want to play at Indiana. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely better than I think a lot of people expected. I think a lot of people expected this to move quickly in the other direction, um, that within – you know, weeks or whatever, you would start to see all of those guys commit to Notre Dame. Yeah, and it must have kind of been a family discussion to do this because, and again, sure. everything's mm-hmm. social media nowadays. We we know that, but on one of uh, the son's post, his his graphic that I'm sure IU produces for him uh, that he's mm-hmm. he's staying home. Uh, I saw Coach McCullough reply, "Yes, indeed," with a couple exclamation marks. So. If all this holds mm-hmm. up, that's big for Tom Allen and big for IU football. Just so I've got it correct here for listeners, Dillon the second, uh, he transferred mm-hmm. in from Miami of Ohio. He's obviously uh, currently on the IU campus, uh, a redshirt uh, defensive back, sophomore defensive back. Desan, I guess you'd consider, he, yeah, he, he's in the 2022 class for IU, although he graduated mm-hmm. at the end of the fall semester from Bloomington South and the conclusion of the football season. And so he is already in team outings and uh, has take is taking classes uh, on the mm-hmm. IU campus. And then it's Day McCullough, who's the 2023 prospect and uh, that's still, still at Bloomington South. So uh, hard to keep right. all the McCullough brothers straight. I think I got it there. <laughs> yes, yes, that that was correct. That that was correct. But yeah, that's that's you know exactly what I was saying. That I thought I, I thought Dave you know, again, he's, you know, his signing day is still, um, you know, his first chance to sign a letter of intent is still ten months away. I think uh, you know his signing day is not till December fifteenth. He's got a long time uh, that he before which he will not you know have to put pen to paper. Um, so again, a, a big deal. He was willing to you know reaffirm the commitment when he doesn't have to um, and. 
uh, you know, again, Desan and Dylan Jr. are in, are on campus, or Dylan Dylan the second are on campus. They're there. Um, you know, they would have to Dylan Jr. would have to enter the portal, uh, and you know, Desan would not only have to enter the portal, he would have to get a waiver again because he's an NLI. You know, he, he's signed an NLI. And so he's set, supposed to be set for a year, even uh, you know under the portal guidelines. I think you still have to give somebody a waiver of their NLI uh, to let them leave early. So again, so all those guys, and and yeah, it was clearly a family decision. Obviously, Dylan's you know supports them, um, you know making that decision. I, I don't know, you know, have no idea what he might have tried to sell as far as that was concerned. He might have told them, hey, come with me, or he might have also said, you guys made a commitment, <laughs> you have to stay there. You know, I can go, you can't. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I have no idea how that went exactly, but he seems to be supportive of their decision to stick around Dustin so far. Do- Dustin Dopierak, the Bloomington Herald Times and Indy Star is my guest on Wednesdays to talk IU basketball and more. Let's let's transfer tr- uh, over to some basketball. It's It's been a different week. Um, used to an IU game every uh, three days or so during this part of the season, but this was the break week for IU, so I'm sure it's been a little different routine as far as practice and workouts and things like that go in Bloomington this week. But it's back to business as far as games go on Saturday, and it's a big one. And I think with how this Indiana team has been playing on an uptick, this is a game at home especially where you think Indiana can compete and can win, and we'll see if Indiana can put it all together Saturday against the Fighting Illini. You know, absolutely. I mean, I I think since they beat Purdue, you have to look at every game as a game that, especially at home, that a game that Indiana can possibly win. Now, it is a tough matchup. Uh, you know, again, I think we've we've all talked about uh, you know the simple fact that Trace Jackson Davis has had a hard time with Kofi Coburn, and a lot of people do because Kofi Coburn's a massive human. Um, so that that I think is one you look at it and say, okay, well that that matchup's tough. I mean, usually you're used to being able to win at the five, and it's a lot harder in that case. You know, Trace has struggled against guys that are uh, that much bigger. Uh, um, so, you know, and, and against Kofi in particular, he's, you know, not really won those matchups. So, I mean, it, it, you obviously look at it as like you've got to get uh, something from somewhere else. I mean, uh, you know, the good part is that there's no Io DeSumo to worry about anymore. There are a bunch of other guys, though. Um, there's obviously a lot of perimeter talent on that Illinois team. There's not one dude who's at that level. But Alfonso Plummer's not that far it, I mean, he's not that far off. He's, he's, I think, done a terrific job, especially as a shooter making threes. It's just he's done a good job of, of uh, at least – Filling in for some of that lost, uh, lost scoring and lost, you know, dynamism. But I mean, you throw in. I'm not sure what uh, Andre Corbello's status is uh, for this game from a health standpoint. But obviously, he's a problem when he's on the floor. Uh, I think Trent Frazier obviously has been a really solid guy. So it is, it is a difficult one. But you know, Illinois is not unbeatable. I mean, Maryland beat them, uh, and Indiana obviously handled Maryland. So it's not uh, inconceivable. I, I think Kofi was out for that game. Um, but uh, it's not inconceivable. I think that Indiana could take him at home. Uh, but it is a tough matchup. You're still talking about. Um, I think there is sort of a, a, a the top really rung of the Big Ten ladder right now is basically you know, Illinois, Purdue, um, Wisconsin, and Michigan State. I think those are kind of the top four teams in Indiana. I think it's sort of on the outside looking into that. And there's a couple other teams right there with them. Um, but I think you know they've obviously beat one of those already. Maybe Ohio State. I think probably maybe might be that fifth this team up there obviously those are the five top 25 teams you know indiana's kind of like on you know sort of past that edge a little bit but they've proven they can beat ohio state you know they've proven they can beat purdue they can they've proven they can handle hang with these teams especially at home um so it is an opportunity i think to it, it would be picking up a very big win it's a tough one but i think it's conceivable this one they can get uh dustin it sounded like when when rob Finnessy first went out uh maybe he was on a somewhat day-to-day basis and could miss a game or two 
And then Monday night listening to Coach Woodson, I went back and listened to that portion of the show again. It, it sounds like it could be a little bit more serious and perhaps he could be out longer than what we thought. I think also some concerning thoughts there. He was in a, a boot with maybe one of those little push scooters to keep his uh, his boot off of the uh, off of the floor for the last game. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I think he's got pretty bad plantar fasciitis. I mean, basically, I mean, you 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 know, you combine all the signs that you've just seen, you know, publicly in games between how he went out, you know, the extent to which he couldn't put any weight on that foot when he went out. Um, you know, obviously, you're talking about tendons at the bottom of somebody's foot, and it's like basically like what, you know, how much ripped and how much are strained, uh, you know, I think all kind of falls into that plantar fasciitis category. Um, but, I mean, that looked like a lot ripped <laughs> right there. And, and especially him being on a scooter, you know, him really not putting any weight on it, even, you know, even wearing a boot where, you know, that, that's obviously designed uh, to lessen the strain on your foot in the first place. Um, the fact that you're, you're you know, throwing on a, a scooter and saying, we really don't want you even walking on this boot, uh, I think tells you that it's pretty rough. And I think it's going to be a while. And, and obviously when you're a, a, uh, any kind of basketball player, I mean, like a lot is asked. Uh, from your feet and you know for it's it's not something that you can just you know I I think it's going to be a problem for a while I mean I don't know how many weeks but I think it's a week's thing I don't think it's a one game at a time you know or they're talking about it being game to game I think they like to say game to game when they don't really want to say how long um I it's I you know I'd be surprised I mean mid-February seems like a uh you know like an early, you know, a, a really early thought as to when this could be repaired. But I would think it'd be deeper in February, if not the beginning of March. All right, I'd be, I would be surprised. I mean, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I mean, the, the, the severity, you know, the, the extent to which he wasn't putting any weight on there. Um, you know, again, the fact that he's walking around on the scooter, like it just, that, that doesn't seem like a guy who's, you know, a couple practices away. Yeah, no question. And uh, that brings into question, you know, with the Xavier Johnson's uh, upbeat play here recently, the importance of having someone to come in and back him up. And we saw Christian Lander, he's been back off of a game-to-game type injury list. Uh, but we saw we saw Christian get some minutes and, and look okay in those minutes. So I think it's it's got to be believed that we're going to get to see Christian Lander get some opportunities here in these coming games with Rob Finnessy on the sideline. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think – and I guess the knee must have been worse than I think a lot of us realized that he wasn't uh, – entered in immediately uh basically when Tennessee was out I mean there must have been some real stuff there I mean they were kind of quiet about it and obviously Lander was dressing and ready most of the time um but you know I, mean, I, I don't think you have a choice I mean basically he's the one guy I'm sorry my dog's getting a little you're loud you're good you're good um, <laughs> anyway settle down um I, you know and I think it's clear he's the one guy that really knows how to play the position you obviously lose something on defense still at this point. You know, he's not a guy that you can really trust to lock somebody up uh, on the defensive end. I mean, I think he is getting better, but I think he's generally pretty solid handling the basketball. There's going to be some turnovers, but he can create as well. I mean, he's a little bit, uh, you know, he doesn't have Johnson's same type of game. He's not as big. He doesn't have the same kind of explosion. But, I mean, he's got speed with the basketball, and he's able to create off the bounce. You've seen it in the past, I think, from him uh, at this level. I mean, I think a lot of – I think people that have been frustrated with Landers say, well, he's not ready, he's not ready. But, you know, you've seen some good moments from him when he's created some stuff, when he's made some things happen off the bounce, been able to find shooters in corners, uh, you know, and, and, and get a team a little bit scrambled. So I, I think there is some um, production to be had from Christian Lander in the minutes that he's going to play. I think, obviously um, – 
it is important that the play that you've seen from Xavier Johnson uh, has been good enough that you're saying you're looking at eight to 10 minutes from Lander as opposed to 15 to 20. Uh, you know, that, that I think is a big deal where you've been playing fantasy a lot. You've been putting those guys on the floor together. I don't think you're going to see Xavier Johnson and Christian Lander, Lander on the floor together very much. I mean, it, uh, maybe on some occasions toward the end of games, if they're winning uh, by a bunch, there might be some value in, in getting Lander out there with him. And just, you know, something about having a, a veteran uh, to, you know, just again, just, just to kind of guide him when he's out there together, but it's not a lineup that, it's not a lineup that you want in winning time. It's not a lineup that you don't that you want before the game is decided. Uh, at this point, whereas you can put Johnson and Tennessee together, and they can take out you know certain types of guards and really defend well, and even uh, play off of each other. I don't think you're going to see that with Christian Lander, but I think you know I, I think he can handle the eight to ten eight to ten minutes a game that I think he's looking at coming up. I don't think that's too much. Um, you know, it's, it's again like you are going to be in a little bit of a shaky position defensively, so you have to make sure that you've got a lineup around him. Um, that can make up for some mistakes. If he gets beat, uh, you know, off the bounce, that somebody's there, uh, you know, to pick that up. Basically, they're not too scrambled when it comes to rotations. You got to kind of prepare for that. But I think there's some offensive value in having him out there because I think he can create uh, off the dribble. I mean, there's a reason, you know, for for all you want to say about well, you know, not you personally, but for all people want to say about well, he's not at that that level of, of of his recruitment. There are some things he did well. There was a reason why he was that highly recruited, and it's mostly because he played off the bounce. All right, Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Looking at the IU schedule, you know, for IU to be playing so well going into this week break, for him to come back on Saturday against Illinois, just after that, at Northwestern on Tuesday, who's been causing all sorts of trouble for, for teams in the Big Ten Conference, then at Michigan State the following Saturday, and then Wisconsin at home, and then at Ohio State before you get to a home game with Maryland, a game at Minnesota, and a home game with Rutgers that I think you know, you got to consider very winnable games. I You would be a big favorite in those as things stand out. But that's a tough stretch. Illinois, Northwestern, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, five big tests coming up for this Indiana team. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're going to find out a lot about this group going forward. Now, I mean, obviously the good part is they're in good shape for something like that. I mean, being at 7-4 uh, in the league, already having seven Big Ten wins is, is big, I think. There's a lot of confidence going in. I think Maryland win uh, puts them in pretty good shape uh, so that, that it's not a situation where they've got to run the table there. Um, you know, if, if you get, if you go, you know, three and two in the next five, you got to feel great about yourself. And even two and three, uh, you know, you can feel okay. Um, but it is, it is some big tests. I think you're going to, I think Michigan State's been really good. You know, Wisconsin's obviously Wisconsin. That's tough. Illinois is tough. You know, all of the, and, and again, getting Ohio State on the road, uh, they're going to be amped up. They're not going to want to, you know, lose to Indiana again, certainly. And that's, that's still a good matchup. I, th- I think they're in, that that's a that's a matchup that they can still win even on the road. I think I like how they can defend Ohio State. I like what they were able to do against EJ Liddell the first time. It speaks well for them to win that game, but um, it's still winning out there. That's a tough place to win. Um, they've, they've had a tough time there in the past. Uh, so all of those games are really good tests, basically. But you know, if they can get, um, you know, if, I mean, I think Northwestern is still a game that they should win. Um, but if really they get any of those other ones, if they get Wisconsin, Illinois, or Michigan State, uh, they really, I think, set themselves up pretty well, especially when it comes to making a tournament case. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, Dustin Dopirak, a final question, and this is a story, let me pull it up here, that Zach Osterman wrote a little bit earlier in the week, but IU with a uh, a major deficit right now, 
uh, $25 million deficit for IU Athletics, the largest ever, and they're going to get some help from the university to dig out of that. But is that anything of a concern specifically for IU sports, or is that just par for the course right now with these athletic departments and COVID-19 and everything that's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's par for the course, but it is a concern. Uh, I, I think – I mean, a lot of people are going to have deficits, but obviously I think there are other programs, you know, big, particularly bigger football programs that are going to be more built to survive it because, you know, they, they've made, you know, bigger profits in the past. If you're Michigan, if you're Ohio State, if you're Penn State, and you're used to filling 100,000-seat stadiums every year, um, you know, you, you have more of a cushion to be able to tolerate that. I think, like, individually, when you just look at one, um, you know, one-year uh, budgets, you're going to look at that and say, okay, well, like a, a lot of people are going to show, I think, similar deficits. Um, but the, the issue is, is that, that there is less in the coffer at Indiana because, again, you can't uh, just depend on that level of football revenue. I mean, obviously, you look at this year, even if Indiana going 2-10, and 10, you know, they had the good fortune of having all of that goodwill coming into the season and absolutely transferred, uh, translated um, to high ticket sales. And, and, and uh, you, know, you also had the sort of, I guess, advantage, if you will, of the fact that, um, you know, it, it took a while for everybody to sort of realize that this season was going to be as bad as it was. They got a lot of the good selling games out of the way early. And so, I mean, they, they probably drew 50,000 uh, to more games this year than maybe they have on record. I mean, between, you know, the Cincinnati sellout, you know, Idaho, I think was over, might've been over at or around 50,000 for an opener. You know, that was a big deal, um, you know, again, for Idaho. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, Ohio State, you know, getting a, a sellout out of that game. And two sellouts a season is a big deal. You know, they were over 50,000 for, for homecoming, I think, for Michigan State. Um, so you have a lot of games that really did well. I mean, I think toward the end of the year there was some fall off, but, you know, you, you got some ticket sales that, that's going to help you for the, you know, next fiscal year. Um, but, I mean, you look at, um, you know, before we published that, that story, I mean, I got to, you know, Zach kind of sent me the, the papers for it, and I got to see just sort of where the deficit comes from. And, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, like you're used to $17, 18000000 million a year in ticket sales, and you're basically at zero. I mean, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's most of your deficit right there is, is just ordinarily when you're designing the budget, you know, you can you can – Factor in seventeen, eighteen million. Now, now, and that's even more for football schools, like that are that that generally draw a hundred million, you know, a hundred thousand uh, every week. I mean, like think about the budget hole that's there. Um, it's a big deal. It's just again, they've probably got a better chance to cover it over time. Indiana's going to have a hard time with it, and I, I think you know you're going to see it. You know, it's. Uh, I think it is a factor as far as, you know, Indiana football coaching decisions are concerned. I mean, like you're not, um, you know, it's, it's harder for them to decide, you know, where, where they went out and got a guy like Caleb the board end up paying him, you know, with, with uh, bonuses close to a million dollars. Um, you're not going to be able to buy a, a million dollar assistant at, at, at Indiana. I mean, the old bell, I think is making 700,000. I think Chad Wilt's right around 550. You know, Tom Allen is taking the pay cut himself. Um, you know, there. I, I don't think it's it's not devastating. You know, that that seems like a big number. It is a big number, but I mean, they're going to be able to work their way through it. But there are, I think, some fun things they would like to do and and investments that they would like to make that uh, have to be put on hold. And then some of that is is throwing money at personnel in the same way that they were right around 2019 when they were really build, building Indiana football up. Uh, you know, obviously they can pay these guys well, but I mean, they can't go next level with it uh, like they were for a while. All right, Dustin Dopiraki's with us Wednesdays 
from the Bloomington Herald Times and Indianapolis Star to talk IU basketball <clears throat> and football. Dustin, uh, thanks. And uh, your dog, man, he's excited about IU basketball or whatever we were talking <laughs> she, she about. She's excited, she, 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 excited she. about everything. She's excited about everything, let me tell you. <laughs> well, we appreciate. She has a lot to say, many thoughts and opinions. <laughs> we, appreciate, uh, we appreciate both of your thoughts today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for having me, man. All right. Uh, Dustin Dopirak with us here Wednesdays on the program. We'll head to a commercial break. Thornton's text line open at 502-414-1450. Justin Soakland, my old friend, and uh, he'll join me from Bedford as uh, we talk the 4A girls sectional last night. We're going to talk a little Hoosier Hills Conference basketball as well on the boys' side, and uh, we'll wrap up with some local stuff here on this Wednesday program. This upcoming segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Stay with us for some hoops chatter next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back in this final segment here on this Wednesday program, this uh, segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. Justin Soakland joins today. Justin authors a website about Bedford North Lawrence Athletics and is a former uh, sports writer with the Courier Journal. He's had other stops as well, a veteran media member here in our Southern Indiana community. And Justin, it's a great time of year. The girls' sectional's underway. We've got basketball almost every day this week. Weather pending, I think, is the key there. Uh, but you had a chance to take in a couple games last night at the 4A sectional in Jeffersonville. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Hey, by the way, happy Groundhog Day, and uh, I just saw my shadow, and we have six more weeks of basketball coming. Oh, that well, that's good. There's, that's We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw two interesting games last night in Jeffersonville. Uh, the first game, uh, Seymour uh, defeated New Albany. Uh, really tough for Seymour playing New Albany for the second time in five days. They had a nice run to start the second quarter and got the lead and, and kind of held on from there, and a good win for the Owls. Second game was really interesting. Jeffersonville played phenomenal. Uh, had a seven-point lead in the second half against the number three team in the state, uh, and Bedford Lawrence was sweating. I can tell you, and uh, their point guard got hurt. But through all that, being, uh, the Stars uh, played great defense. Defense in the second half only gave us thirteen points that come from behind to win. All right, uh, uh, I was following the score. I was at a game in Louisville last night. Uh, but uh, no question, the Jeffersonville team. In fact, Justin, they they led the Lady Devils led at halftime. I believe I'm correct with that. And then uh, even extended their lead. Was it as many as eight points around the midway point of the third period? It was 29-23 at halftime, and they had a seven point lead in the third quarter. Uh, one of the key stretches was BNL had it down to four, and uh, Jeffersonville come up with a steal and had a fast break, a three on one. And a B&O girl, Madison Bailey, broke up the three-on-one and got the ball down to Carson Norman for a layup. A four-point swing there, just huge. 
and being all tied it up and then took the lead early in the fourth quarter and uh, went on to win from there. Uh, if, if Jeffersonville scores that fast break and he maintains a six-point lead or so, who knows what happens. So that was just a really big play right there uh, to turn that game for, for BNL. All right, Justin Soakland joining us. We're starting off with a 4A sectional at Jeffersonville last night. Okay, looking ahead, now Floyd Central, who's been playing good basketball here locally on the girls' side, boys too, uh, but the Highlander ladies will take on Bedford on Friday in a semifinal. And I think everybody, even when the brackets, maybe even before the brackets were set, expected it could work out if things played out that way in the bracket to be a Jennings County Bedford North Lawrence championship game. Those on paper, I think, are the two best teams competing this week at Jeffersonville. Is that right? I don't think anybody would question that. Uh, but after last night, uh, two factors BNL showed a little bit of vulnerability. Uh, and number two, Norman, Norman suffered a sprained ankle late in that game, and her availability right now is in question. Uh, so it'll depend on how quickly uh, she heals and how bad the ankle is. Uh, I'm told right now that if she had to, she might be able to play. But I'm telling you right now that Bedford North Lawrence is praying for snow, like you like <laughs> for a postponement. I can tell you because they don't want to because you know, not looking past Floyd or disparaging Floyd at all. But if you if you're looking ahead to a BNL Jennings game, they can't beat Jennings County without Carson Norman. I don't believe I mean, Jennings is is good. So uh, so you know we'll see what happens. Uh, the the first BNL uh, Floyd game was uh, was a runaway for BNL. It was up it was at BNL uh, and. Uh, BNL just has too many athletes and too much quickness uh, for Floyd Central, especially if they're at full speed. Uh, but, you know, after last night, who knows? In a tournament, as you know, anything's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Soakland, his work on Bedford uh, North Lawrence Athletics is available at WBIW.com. That's the local radio station in Bedford. Justin, uh, boys basketball, we got to talk about that. We got a busy slate of Wednesday night games thanks to girls' sectionals later in the week and then some incoming weather. A lot of these Thursday night games have been bumped up to tonight. And you're going to see a good one in Bedford. Your week lays out perfect. You've got girls on Tuesday, girls on Friday, maybe girls on Saturday, and boys on Wednesday night as far as your coverage of Bedford goes. They've got a big one because they're going to host Floyd Central. And it's amazing to sit here. You and I were together a lot during the Romeo years when New Albany had dominance over the area. We've seen some really good Jeffersonville teams as well that for had a stretch where they controlled the Hoosier Hills Conference. But Floyd Central, what they've been able to do under Todd Sturgeon and the number of times that they've won outright or shared the Hoosier Hills Conference in recent years is amazing. And they've got a chance to win another one, at least a share of it tonight at Bedford. Well, when you especially consider that it was so long of a drought that they went through in that regard, they didn't win a sectional from what eighty nine until just a couple of years ago. Yeah, and so you know, yeah, a program that was really starving for success, and boy, Todd has done a terrific job there. He's one of the coaches I really respect. When I got to meet him when I was down in that area, and still maintain a good relationship with him. And uh, I talked to him earlier in the week about this game coming up tonight. And boy, he's got a Division One size high school team with a seven footer with three six five kids it's, it's it's incredible you know you know you don't see that much size in high school across the board like he's got and whereas bnl's got about a six foot and under team so there, there's going to be a a, a tremendous uh, distinction between these two teams tonight all right uh, and i'm looking forward to seeing floyd because i've heard some really good things saw him last year of course uh, with jake hybrider who's now at the, at the air force academy and playing well there and uh, so I, uh, I really want to see how good Floyd Central is because I've heard some really good things, and, and, I know, and I know how good of a job Todd does, so it, it's no surprise. 
All right, we've asked you about girls' sectional play. Uh, let's look ahead. About a month from now, almost exactly, we'll be in Seymour for the 4A sectional with New Albany, Floyd, Jeff, the locals from our area there. You'll be there covering Bedford North Lawrence. Um, I think kind of adding to what you just said, Floyd Central has shown uh, time and time again this season that they, I think, not only are the front runner in the Hoosier Hills Conference and likely going to take at least a share of it, I, I think they're the front runner in the sectional. Oh, I don't think there's any question. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the other teams there. Jennings County has a pretty solid team, uh, but and I've, uh, Floyd just beat them here uh, recently, I think last week. And, uh, so, so that, just from that game alone, you have to say, yeah, Floyd's definitely the favorite. Uh, Jeffersonville's in a little bit of disarray right now because of sickness and, you know, injuries and things. Uh, BNL just lacks a little bit of a, uh, talent and size. I mean, they're six and six, and that's probably about as good as they could have hoped for right now. And, uh, now Seymour, Seymour's a dangerous team. Kirk Mans has got them playing very, very well. Uh, they play phenomenal defense. Uh, they still struggle a little bit to score from time to time, but that's that's the one dark horse team that I would be concerned about, especially on their home floor. If I was one of those six teams over there, I would not want to play Seymour. All right, Justin Soakland, my guest, uh, talking some high school basketball. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Justin, in all the years you've covered this stuff, I mean, there have been some crazy storylines and some th- fun things out of the area to follow but have you ever seen a program, a team with the struggles that Jeffersonville's had? We know they've got so much talent. Uh, they had a, a sectional championship a year ago and almost got to the regional championship game uh, when they lost to Bloomington South in exciting fashion at Seymour as well. But they've had suspensions and injuries and uh, COVID shutdowns and, and the coach has been out. It's been so many different things it's hard to keep up with at this point. I can't ever recall this many different situations affecting a team that we all thought coming into the year might be in the spot Floyd Central is in. When you look at them on paper, there's no question they have amazing talent. I mean, you've got two Division One basketball players on that team, that's for sure. And uh, so, yes, they, on paper they have talent. Uh, you the adversity is just its phenomenal. I've never seen a team that I can remember go quite through all the things that they've gone through. Now, part of that is some of their fault. Part of it is something out of their control. I mean, you can't predict injuries. Uh, COVID has been a, you know, in our hair now for two years, and it's just going to be something we're going to have to deal with. And I really feel for Coach Grants, for him and his family that's going through it right now. Uh, but, but it has really impacted that team. And, and you really understand why, because you know, they've not had a full team They've not had their coach there. Uh, so, you know, the, the discipline and everything that goes with that and the structure has kind of gone out the window right now, and it's really tough for kids to bounce back from that. Now, that being said, uh, when March 1st rolls around here, you know, they might have put that all that behind them and be on a roll like they got on last year because at the, at the beginning of last year they were struggling all right up until about the middle of February. Then they caught fire, and boom, they win the sectional. So you just never know, especially with, with uh, teenage kids, what's going to happen. All right, Justin Soakland, you can read his great coverage of Bedford North Lawrence Sports at WBIW.com. Click on BNL Athletics there. You'll see uh, stuff from the girls' sectional and so much more. Justin's one of the best writers in the area uh, and uh, always great to catch up with you, sir. Thanks for coming on well, today. 
Well, Matt, thank you. I saw your boss last night, Jim, and, and uh, you know, for a guy who's coached a thousand years and gotten six hundred wins, he doesn't look too bad. So, <laughs> just don't tell him that. So, all right, <laughs> Justin Soakland, I'll see you in a couple weeks. There's no question right, about Matt. that. All right, Justin Soakland, with us here to wrap up this Wednesday show. This segment brought to you each week by Major League Shirt Company. They can help if you're looking to raise money for your team or organization. Let Major League Shirt Company's online fan stores work for you. You can outfit fans and raise money with very little effort. Major League even does the short, the sorting. All you've got to do is cash the check. Find out more at mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. All right, a couple things. Stay safe, stay warm. Uh, be careful about getting out on the roads uh, late tonight into tomorrow, maybe even Friday as well. And we expect to have no show tomorrow. There's a Bellman women's game that we have to clear here on the Big X. If something changes there because of weather, I may be on tomorrow, but I'm not expecting to have a live show at 11 o'clock. So hope to talk with you Friday. Stay safe, stay warm. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.